Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 33 of the Dirty Side of the Grid podcast where I've turned up late to qualifying but everyone has taken engine penalties anyway so we've started at the front of the grid. My name is Mohammed, and today I'll be going over quite a boring Italian Grand Prix. Um, topics, well on the agenda for today we've got late safety cars, a necessary evil or a disappointing end. I'm personally, I've, I was very strongly on one camp, but I'm starting to see the reason why you might want a change. And to be fair, I've seen a couple of suggestions of ways to change how things run without it being too gimmicky, because there have also been articles recently, uh, as in like a couple of hours ago, I think, coming out about um, Stefano Domenicali, the CEO of F1, potentially thinking about handing out points in practice and then reverse grids. Uh, so there's that. Uh, also on the agenda is, much like me starting University of Braces, is F1 really ready for all this new attention? Because the lights are on, the eyeballs are showing, the people are showing up to the track, the money is there, and the cracks are showing. The, the acne is showing, the, the the shiny metal bits are reflecting off the mouth of F1. And I don't know, they're starting to get exposed. Obviously, they're trying to hide it, like the, the booze on the podium. But at the same time, more viewers means more likes on Twitter. So I didn't have to be at the circuit, but I've heard of certain things that went down. So we'll also be getting into that. Also on the agenda, I've just realised a lot of people haven't seen a Singapore Grand Prix before or a Japanese Grand Prix before. So what I'm going to do from now on is at the end, when I'm reviewing my predictions, updating my fantasy team, I'm going to include a section about what you need to know about the track, previous winners, key events, and then maybe a couple years that you can look for. I think we used to do this actually, a couple years you can look for highlights of that are worth typing into YouTube and then I don't know, I might just show you something interesting about the track, uh, like a key event or something, or a championship that was won, a crash, a moment in history. But before we start with any of that, please like the video, subscribe if you're on YouTube, check out the socials that are around my head. Uh, if you're on audio, they're in the description, and be sure to leave a review. Uh, I'll read all of them, any of the, any opinion matters, so... Let me know what you think and we'll try and improve. Um, but yeah, first things first. Quite a boring Italian Grand Prix, I'll be honest. And it doesn't look good because, as I said before, if, if Stefano's trying to hand out points for practice and he's trying to reverse the grids and they're thinking of red flagging every single late safety car, F1 is clearly trying to optimise every single last second that they are on the TV screens of anyone in the world or any TikTok or any YouTube video or any highlight or whatever it is. So if they're so desperately trying to keep it entertaining and keep everyone's eyes on the sport, it looks like boring races. They might just, I don't know, I wouldn't be surprised if he just like poured concrete all over Monza and just designed a new track himself. Which is why I'd like to say like if, if Monza becomes the type of track, because cars are so good at following, that doesn't produce a good enough race, 
because it's a simple one stop and everyone just drives around in a straight line low down force which means the slipstream isn't as powerful drs isn't as powerful and you know nothing really happens I'd, I'd want to keep it on the calendar and this would appeal to this would go with monaco as well because i i always keep saying this but these new tracks they try and have everything at once silverstone is the everything at one track it has a couple slow chicanes has a lot of fast corners it has an s section uh, a couple decent straights and it's very hard on the tires all of these new tracks they copy this they have a long back straight they have a couple of elevation changes uh long corners s section hairpin all the rest of it here's the thing as much as it might make it an entertaining circuit and silverstone's definitely known for producing quality races i'd rather see variation so if someone else decided to make an extremely high speed with well, Monza has like 11 corners, it's just a bunch of straight lines with a couple wiggles in there. I prefer it that way, to be honest. So I don't know, I'd much rather see a Monaco and a Monza on the calendar rather than seeing a bunch of Silverstones because then everything just becomes Singapore at the same time and maybe like Singapore and Saudi Arabia. I think the entire calendar will soon look like that which would get boring um what else do we have before we fully get into this um yeah the new attention so formula one has a lot of new eyes on it thanks to drive to survive and the season last year and all the rest of it and you'd think monza being I think it was a, what it's a hundredth anniversary or something being used as a race circuit and on the calendar since the very beginning. You'd think they'd be used to holding these big events, but with a big turnout, they completely bottled it. I'm seeing people complaining everywhere about queues to go to and from the circuit. It's not even that far. I didn't even realize, but it turns out Monza is just on the outskirts of Milan. So all it takes is a couple buses or whatever, or a train or something, and you get everyone there. People were queuing for hours. I heard, I think, six hours. I don't know if that was on a day or total, but like huge queues. I think like one bus or train per hour, someone said, which is insane. Um, That seems like something quite easily that could have been organized, seeing as you're going to know the date for the event well in advance. Um. There was also here's like a, a a different side of the scammy way they were running things there were tokens so rather than paying for your water or whatever through food and drink through like money they used the token system so there were huge like massive lines for these tokens to try and buy water because they were limiting the amount of water you're allowed to bring in i think it was like 500 mil then they ran out of tokens so now there's huge queues for token huge queues for water and there's no tokens anywhere like that's just so badly run like to think you you know pretty much the number of people showing up you like i've obviously i have no experience running an event that big but you'd think once they've done it year after year they know what works and what doesn't and you'd be organized enough to figure out what's going on especially since this isn't a last minute thing 
I don't even like the idea of the token system in the first place. I don't know what it's trying to solve, but it just sounds a bit scammy upselling things. And in terms of upselling things, portable chargers weren't allowed at the circuit. Normally, I'd complain about that, but I feel like that's meant to be a safety thing just because it wasn't allowed on a flight I went on recently. So I don't know if they're doing this as like a battery safety thing. Either way, they weren't allowed, but they were selling them inside and obviously at a premium price. They were doing the same thing with flasks, like hard water bottles weren't allowed. They got left outside the circuit. Someone like posted a picture of them. But they were selling them inside as well with the Ferrari logo, obviously, for an insane price. I think people were saying there were like six water fountains or something like barely anything. It's, it just seemed embarrassing. Like Saudi Arabia, I I can't compare. I mean, I don't really know how much people were complaining about that as an event. But that track was built late rules were finessed and things were broken to allow that race to take place on a track that was meant to be vetted months before f1 ever got there and i think it actually turned out to be like a couple hours before practice they did the safety checks on it or what they were calling safety checks this is monza like this track has been around before f1 existed and you're telling me they couldn't figure out how to handle 300k people or whatever it was that showed up like i don't know man it just seems dodgy to me like it's not it's not even in the middle of nowhere like silverstone is in the middle of nowhere this is outskirts of milan like just a couple extra trains or whatever but i don't know man it's the organization just it's not good they've got to do better especially for next year so hopefully they've seen the complaints also speaking of complaints further videos of harassment at the circuit, harassment of women, harassment of people who aren't fans of Ferrari. Um, Once again, people need to stop making this a a fan thing or an agenda thing or like, look, the the Italian Tifosi, they're much worse than, you know, my fans, they would never do that. My driver and my fans, they would never. Stop making it about pushing agendas and stuff. Like, it's wrong, so condemn it and retweet and at people when you talk about it. Like, I was not abused in my microphone there. But it's just so annoying. It's so annoying to see it because the problem is that when this was happening in Austria and in Zandvoort, there was a key demographic of people that you'd see at that circuit, but there was also a key demographic of people that were calling out this kind of behavior and condemning it then you flip here and you know the kind of fans you're going to find at monza and it's a different set of people now complaining about the harassment why why can't we all just rise above it and say look these these people clearly don't represent us or at least i hope they don't get them kicked out the circuit get them sent away and like they're ruining everyone's event like the race can be boring but if you're getting harassed at the circuit I can't imagine how horrible that must feel. I've dreamed of going to an F1 race my whole life. If I went there and then ended up having my experience ruined by someone else that was there, I don't know if I'd be able to recover from that. It would take me a long time. So hopefully those people get banned. 
banned for life, to be honest. And they're just not allowed there again because honestly, it's it's just tiring to see and reading people's stories about things that happen to them and what's going on. It's just not. It's it just kind of makes you lose hope, really. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's just disappointing. So um, we'll see. Hopefully, people can um learn, I guess. Or put enough pressure, to be fair. If you put pressure on F1 or whatever, then hopefully they'll do something about it. Because, like I said at the start, like they love hiding these things. They don't like talking about it because they don't want to admit it happens. They don't want to admit it happens at their circuits. Like the booing. That's where I was going with that. Like the booing. Max Verstappen won the race. He got booed on the podium. As it's something that normally happens at Monza, you kind of expect it if someone beats a Ferrari and it's it's just disappointing it's annoying back when they used to do the um the interviews on the podium then you would hear the booze through the microphone because obviously they had to use that and then the person doing the interviewing would tell them to stop and they wouldn't and now they don't need it there they just turn it down and have the the voice of the sky commentator go up a bit and it's just it's just a bit dodgy hiding it. Like, um, I understand why, but surely we'd much rather hear it, acknowledge it, and then say that's wrong rather than just hiding. It. I don't know. F1's just, as I said, you can't brush those braces like under the rug, mate. Like, I've tried it. Listen, it's been a long time, and I tried, but you can't hide those things. Those things are gonna shine. They're gonna reflect off the sunlight. They're gonna reflect off my desk lamp and they're going to be in like blaring your eyes they're going to be piercing your eyeballs so admit they're there admit there's a problem and fix it rather than just hiding everything it's just annoying um that's the main things to get out of the way before the race couple new segments albon obviously out uh, missed the race due to appendicitis. He found out, like, well, it was, it was confirmed, like, Saturday morning. He's had surgery. I read the, the update statement from Williams says that there was a complication, but he's fine now, recovered, and um, he's, I guess, on his way to recovery, and he's focusing on being back and healthy for Singapore. I hope that happens. I hope Alvin gets a speedy recovery. I have I'm lucky to have no clue what appendicitis is. Obviously I know the part of the body it affects, but I don't know how serious it is or how bad it is. I know he's got it removed, but I don't know what the normal recovery length of time for that is. Especially including the complication he's had. So I hope he's fit and healthy for Singapore. I hope he recovers fine. And, well, it meant that while he was out, he was replaced by, a, well, people hate that he's called young because he's, like, about to hit 30. But Nick De Vries, Formula E champion, Formula 2 champion, I think. And, yeah, he hopped in the Williams seat. Obviously, everyone thinking, well, they've got a good car in a straight line. Can they get some points? They should have been expecting points. I think Albon in that car definitely gets points. And I guess, I mean, 
I can't even hold off. Like, well played to Nick finished uh, ninth, which was really impressive. The only mistake he made was um, qualifying, but even then he, he got through and he wouldn't have finished any higher anyway. Um, I don't know. It's just good to see. Good to see him hop in the car. He was uh, he was doing a practice session for Aston Martin, so he was in one car, then got into another, and then just did the qualifying and the race like that. And destroyed Latifi, but we will get on to that. Um, who do we have? Uh, 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 uh. Gasly is looking less likely to take the Alpine seat. There's some American dude who's looking like he's going to take it. Conversations I had about license points for IndyCar, super license points. Fair enough. I don't know why I wrote that down. I don't really care. Um, Ferrari, oh my god, Ferrari for their 75th anniversary, I believe, decided to rep their original colors of yellow at the circuit in their home race. They've got yellow overalls, they've got a yellow rear wing, they've got like yellow caps, yellow merch, yellow helmets. It all looks sick, and then they reveal the car, and they've literally just got the top of it yellow. I'm sorry, but like. I don't know if there's a rule that they can't change the color of the car, but it would have looked so good if it was yellow. I'm just so disappointed they half-assed it. Like it's, it was really bad. They were hyping it up and all of this and whatever it is, and then it's just got like a little bit of yellow at the back. Like, don't do that. And then the worst part is, I forgot to mention this earlier with F1 and its braces problem, <laughs> but it's. The prices are mad. A, a normal helmet, if you want a half-size replica of one of those Ferrari drivers' helmets, it says £120. That is a lot of money to part ways with. If you want a special edition version of that helmet, it's going to cost you £720. I don't even know what to say to that. Like... It's ridiculous. And the problem is because there's more people now, they're going to think it's fine to be charging this insane amount of money. Beforehand, it was exclusive and all the rest of it. And only the, the only fans were basically rich people or kids who were unable to complain. Now, everyone's a fan. And the more people they bring in, the more demand there is. And now they're just going to raise the prices even more, which is so annoying. Because I would have loved the yellow helmet. But... I guess I'm not getting one. To be fair, if they reduced it down to the price that I'd be willing to pay for it, then everyone will have one. But I'm not even trying to get it like a a collector's thing that I'd resell in 40 years when Charles is retired. Like it's, I don't know. I'd much rather have it as like something that everyone can have. And it's like, I don't know. It's much nicer that way. Another problem they hopefully will have to solve, but I don't think they will because... I I know for a fact some Italian grandparents like went and bought that or some like Italian rich kids. So there's there's no point really. They're just not gonna do anything about it. Um That's about it, to be honest. We're just getting to get into the race. Might as well see where we end up. I guess, where do we even start? It just wasn't that entertaining, was it? Um, oh, Max wins. So, 
Max wins from seventh place. Didn't do. I can't say he didn't do much to earn it, but like it doesn't feel like he did. Like he just wasn't tested. It really wasn't difficult, and to, you've got to give credit to to Red Bull for making a sick car, and Max for just driving well. I guess like obviously, if someone's good at what they do, they're gonna make it look easy, and he makes it look really easy. Uh, I really did want Leclerc to win just purely for the Ferrari fans, but yes, it wasn't meant to be. Um, obviously, it looked like the opportunity was there. Like it looks like he would have lo- he was losing by like twenty seconds. So without the uh, the grid drop, I think Max would have won it by like half a minute, which is insane to say. Um, yeah. It's just unfortunate. Like they tried. I don't think the Ferrari strategy was off. There's definitely things in hindsight that they could have. Like it wasn't optimal, but at the same time, I think at the time they they did the best they could. It was definitely like they were definitely on the back foot the whole time, even though they started first. Uh, and unfortunately, we didn't even get a straight fight either. I think that's the main thing. Like every time either of them got near each other, someone pitted and changed their strategy. So we never actually got to see them anywhere near each other on track. Um, so yeah, didn't even get some like dead pass for the lead or anything. Um, and then everyone else just stayed in their places to be honest. Science, Perez, and Hamilton made their way up the grids, a couple DRS trains in there. I think the main talking point might as well get straight into it because it's basically the only thing that happened. The safety cars at the end of the race now. Where do I even? begin with this so ricardo stops there's like what five laps left maybe a bit longer and you'd think with everything going to platinum whatever it is then they can probably get it finished but the lap at monza is quite short so it was going to be a tall order now people are complaining well let's just say say it this way there's a camp of people complaining because it was boring and then a, another camp complaining that it was the right thing to do and they followed the rules and obviously this is the opposite of what happened in Abu Dhabi last year. Now, I don't even like, here's the thing, it was the right thing to do and here's the my opinion on this was it was the right thing to do they should have done it this way last year obviously and i didn't see the problem like i think of uh, someone looked up or something i i'm not gonna find it the number of times that a race has ended behind the safety car since it was introduced in like 73 or something is like it's definitely under 15. it might not even be double digits i don't know but it's like around 10-ish since it was introduced in 1973. Now, it's it's a rare occurrence. And yes, it does ruin the end of the race, but that's just because the safety car bunches all the cars up and then doesn't spread them out again or doesn't, like it excites you for a second because you think it's going to end like it's going to bring some excitement and then it doesn't so there's the problem isn't actually with 
the lack of excitement. It's with the fact that you think you're going to get some. It raises your expectations again, and then it brings it down again. Because if Ricardo never stopped his car there, no one would be complaining because Max was already winning by like 17 seconds. I just... And that's the way I thought about it for a long time. I don't see the point in changing it. I think finishing under the safety car is like a completely understandable fair thing and it's another one of those ones where if someone feels hard done by now by any decision that doesn't affect them it's i don't know it's a slippery slope because there's things outside of your control that will influence the race and sometimes they'll help you and sometimes they won't obviously if you're charles leclerc you're going to complain that you wanted the race to get underway because you want like it's given you a fresh opportunity to overtake Max. <laughs> if you're Max, your car's good enough anyway, so you're going to want to go ahead. But the point is, where does it stop? If we start here, where does it stop? Right, let's say it rains, for example, right? That's going to benefit certain people and then disadvantage other people. That's just how it goes, and that's how it's always been. But what if we start now saying, all right, cool, what we're going to do is we're going to wait for it to stop raining. Or what we're going to do is pull out a VSC, everyone pits for inters, then you hop back out again in the exact same place as you were before. Like, or I don't know, it just, it sounds like it's trying to be too, listen, things happen, this is just part of the things you're just going to have to kind of account for. Like, percentage, the percentage likelihood of a safety car is something you factor into your strategy depending on the racetrack you're at. Because you know, based on like the number of ones that have come out in the last number of years, how likely it is for something to happen. Obviously, certain tracks have better escape roads and whatever and all the rest of it. So you might be able to get away with it under a VSC or a yellow flag. And others, you just need to bring out a safety car. So it's part of your strategy. So it's it's there and accounted for and you know what i prefer having more variables in f1 i feel like there's a lot but with this race when it's a one-stop and when it's as dead as it is i don't want to we all love the excitement of seeing a car stop on track and you're like oh my god safety car and everyone's bunched up and then it happens again but it's just i don't know Praying for a safety car to be the saviour of your race. You know what? Sometimes it's just going to be boring races. And I'm perfectly fine with that. And there may be others that aren't, but like, once we, I know um, <laughs> I've watched Mist Apex podcast a few times and he's, his initial, the, the host's initial problem was red flags at the in the last five laps would become the new crack. Like they just start like doing it all the time. Like it would be crack with race directors because they'd like constantly just, I don't know, the moment you do it and then you keep doing it and then it like, it goes back to the optimization. If you're really going to need to optimize every single last second to keep everyone's attention, then there's a problem there. We need to stop being so spoiled because they've changed the entire regulations for the first time ever to make the racing more entertaining. Has it worked? I mean, they can follow better, but clearly, obviously, one team's running away with it. Is that the fault of the regulations or not? That's a debate for another day. But the point is, if a race is going to be boring, I say let it get, let it be boring. Like, I might be a little bit traditional in my views of Formula One, but, like, 
I don't know. I'm not trying to see safety car final lap finales at every opportunity. And I get it's rare, as I said earlier, so it won't happen often. But it's just going to be too much. Like, so that's the point, I guess. That's what makes it so fun. And that's what makes it so entertaining. There's a window between, like, at some point in the second half of the race, late on, three quarters in, where you could get a safety car and it could change everything. And that window ends 10 laps before the end, because then at that point, it's too late. I'm perfectly fine with that, to be honest. I don't know if it's the the old man in me that doesn't want to see change, but I'm perfectly fine with it staying that way. And extending that window to include the end of the race because you're going to stop it, pause it, and then bring everyone out again. I'm not trying to see dashes to the line all the time. Like, Baku, everyone talks about Baku and Noble Bobby, and they're saying, like, yeah, but what? What happens when that happens every weekend? What happens when you start doing that too often? What happens when you start introducing points for practice reversing the grids doing all this stuff like it's you just you're just toying with it a bit too much like it's a safety car it's there for safety it brings all the cars together and that's its job like once again we're coming back to entertainment and it's just I don't know, man. Sometimes I don't want to be entertained, bro. Like, maybe it's the... You know, I'll, I'll call it the engineer in me. Maybe I just don't want to be entertained. Either way, moving on. I'm going to need to see more opinions on this because I just... I don't know. I just don't want it. Like, I, I still need to be convinced, to be fair. I thought I was going to switch. I thought I was going to flip. Some people were... Um, there was definitely a suggestion that said um, stopping the cars say it's like a soft reset like you're not allowed to change your tires the gaps stay the same or they do bunch up again but the point is you can't change tires and it stops instantly and i'm not for it i thought i was but i'm just not for it like i'd i can't anyway going back to the main point and the main uh what's what's the purpose of the safety car safety have we not learned from 2014 i've been watching this sport for a long time and i remember when i was 12 years old watching the japanese grand prix in japan where else would it be and seeing under i think it was safety car i don't think it was yellow flags i think it was under safety car conditions a truck in the rain picking up a car in the gravel and it was in the process of removing that car from the gravel when a driver by the name of Jules Bianchi skidded off the track and into that truck and that accident ended up being fatal and he lost his life that day or because of that incident this was the first time someone had lost their life since Ayrton Senna in 1994 or 6, I believe it was 4. 
since then, anyone who watched that race has winced at the idea of a truck being on the track next to the other cars in the rain. Granted, Monza was not in the rain, but those cars were very close to that truck on that thin section of the track. Do I believe we should red flag races at the end because of entertainment purposes? No. But purely on the grounds of safety and not seeing those cars go anywhere near that track. Like, I mean, it was moving. It was moving. We've really not learned anything. It was moving backwards while the cars were going forwards into it. All it would take was for one person to be over on the other side of the track, swerve late. And someone might see it too late and it would literally back up onto someone's car. That's so risky. Now, there were mistakes made with that safety car. You know, it might have picked up the wrong driver. It picked up George instead of Max. It it may have been called out a little bit late. There were other things that, like, I'm sure made it not as quick as it could have been in terms of making an efficient by efficiently getting rid of the car and getting off the track but how on earth are you not going to wait for those 20 cars to go past you before you start backing up on the circuit even if it was stationary I, I just don't like the fact that it was there with all of them going past it just seemed a little bit but if someone's radio wasn't working they would have no idea it was there until they got there and with the limited visibility of the cars the driver's head so low in the cockpit a car ahead of them would have very easily blocked their view of that so just swerve into warm up your tires and you can go straight into the that like huge truck like it has tires of a tractor like it's massive that could easily crush an f1 car thinking about it now like i don't that's so risky we're very lucky nothing happened to anyone there Yeah, I mean, that's all I've got to say about that, to be honest. Um, that's probably the better conversation to be had, to be honest. I'm going to tweet that. I'm going to put that out. I, I'm surprised. I'm very surprised. I don't know why it's taken me this long, but the fact no one's been talking about that and they've been focusing on the entertainment aspect at the end says a lot, to be honest. Me included, I guess. Um. Back onto the race, we'll just breeze through this. Best performance, I would say, purely for the entertainment, I'm going to have to say... No, I'm going to go with the freeze. I was going to say science because of... Uh, his overtakes were entertaining while we were showing them, because for some reason they were the only overtakes being shown. I'm going to go with the freeze for the fact that he hopped in that car, short notice, no notice really, and drove it to points. That's brilliant. I think uh, Williams have like six points total this season. He's just got two of them. So two, six, a third. A third of their points this year has come from this guy who's just hopped in the car out of nowhere, short notice. It says something, which is why the worst performance has to go to Latifi. I don't care where he finished. He finished second to last, but he got shown up that day. If you're going to get out qualified by a guy who's just hopped in your car and then 
the guys destroyed you, got points, and then ended up pushing you down, pushing you down to twenty first in the twenty driver championship. That's so embarrassing. Like that's really tragic. And I think, obviously, it's it's a it's a vicious cycle because you might have Latifi in there for the money he's bringing. And then you want to get rid of him by the time that you can develop the car to be good enough. But you can't develop the car to be good enough with Latifi in the car. And then if you get rid of him, you don't have his money. And the car's not good enough to bring you in enough points yet so you can reap the benefits of a higher position in the championship. So it's tough. But the thing is, at the end of the day, you're not going to be considered a serious team if you've got Latifi in your car. Latifi's been in there for way too long. I understand, you know, you might have a pay driver here and there. You might have him for a couple of years to pay your bills, but I'm sure the engineers would rather be working in a factory with the lights out than have Latifi driving their car. I, I imagine going through the blood, sweat and tears, leaving your firstborn child to go work in the Williams factory to create this machine to create this multi-million pound carbon fiber like pinnacle of engineering and created this like 750 kilogram or 800 kilogram like marvel that like pierces through the air at 200 miles an hour and you've put all of your life's work into this thing to create it. And all you need to reap the benefits are a competent pair of hands behind the wheel. And you get Nicholas Latifi hop in. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Personally, I'd retire. So, I don't know. To be honest, you know what? Credit to the Williams team. You know, underrated drive. Instead of underrated drive, we're going to go underrated performance. Credit to the Williams mechanics who have been there for years watching Nicholas Latifi hop in their car day in, day out. They put in all that effort. Imagine the guy crashes an FP3 and you have like an hour to rebuild the car. You rebuild it, you go, you do all this, and then you just know he's going to shove it and last anyway. I don't know where they find the motivation and credit to them because they they deserve way more than they're getting, to be honest. So, um, good stuff from them, man. Now, if you haven't made it this far before, this is the part where I review my fantasy team uh, and predictions from last week. So, let's see what I said. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I thought, okay, so Max and Charles didn't send each other off into the gravel, but... Ah, uh, there are also grid penalties that I couldn't account for. So I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go from qualifying and not the grid penalties. Ah, oh, Leclerc or Paul. Whoops. Okay. So I thought it would be Max and then the two Ferraris with Charles obviously ahead. I got Science third. So one out of three for Quali. The race results. I said George Russell would win. Now, if Verstappen and Leclerc crashed each other out like I predicted, that would have been right. Oh my god. I've just realized if if you take out Verstappen and Leclerc, my top three is correct. It's just they didn't crash like I was predicting. So personally, I might have to count that, but 
it's it's not going to work. I'm only going to get, I'm not going to get any of them because it was too far down. Sick. Russell driver of the day is wrong. It was Nick DeFries, but in my defense, I couldn't have predicted that he would have been in the car. DNFs was four. Oh, and I was right. Listen, some might say I'm getting better at this. Others won't. And to prove that, we've got my fantasy team. I think this is going to be the first time in a while I haven't got triple digits in a race week, and it's, it really hurts. Like, I've done so badly. Oh, oh no, oh no. So I've come 13th out of 13 in in our league, and it's pushed me down to 8th place. I'm doing horrendously. What a horrible week. I was doing so well. It's, it's really bad. The The risk didn't pay off. Alpine didn't help me. Latifi definitely didn't help me. I should have trusted the freeze would outdo him. I should have turboed Norris and Alonso retired. It's oh, It's been a horrible day. It's been a horrible day. I'll have to come back stronger. The worst part is I started following a bunch of fantasy accounts on Twitter and I didn't. I guess I thought I could do my own thing. I thought I'd give it a punt. It didn't work. For some reason, whenever I try something, it just fails. Surely, now, here's the thing. As I said before, so Singapore. I can't believe a lot of people haven't seen the Singapore Grand Prix. So, my opinions on the track, I love it. It's beautiful. It's so nice. I think it's the first ever, I think it might be the first ever night race we've ever had. Sebastian Vettel is a legend of night race helmets. So if you want to look up some nice sparkly helmets, Sebastian Vettel, Singapore helmets, uh, to be fair on the topic, Abu Dhabi helmets, where else is a night race? That would have been his pinnacle, to be fair. You want to look up those two. Um, last year's Rinner, we didn't have a race last year due to COVID. So 21, we didn't have one. 2020, we didn't have one. So last one was in 2019. The winner of that was Sebastian Vettel, actually. It was his last ever win because he controversially undercut, well, the team allowed him to undercut Charles. So probably should have been a Charles Leclerc victory. Significant moments. Uh, Crashgate, if you want to look that up, a team crashed a car on purpose to fix a race. Uh, there's a lot of documentaries out there on that. 2017 was a good one. Uh, was it 18? You only need to look up the um the first lap. I believe it was 18. No, it wasn't. No, it was 17. Yes, yeah, it was 17. Look up the highlights for the 2017 race. And Lewis Hamilton's 2018 pole lap is a nice one, if you can appreciate that kind of thing. But if you just want to watch race highlights, I'd go of 2017. Mm, there's a couple of good ones. If you want to see the weird-looking cars from back in the day, like 2010 might be one you want to see. I have just plugged out of thin air, though. It might have been a boring race. Predictions. I've been putting this off long enough. Okay. So, the track. Street track. Tight and twisty. Mm, probably one on a combination of qualifying and then strategy. 
I don't know if it's hard on the tyres, but it's, I think it's a really hot race, if I remember correctly. Which means Red Bull are probably going to be good because they're good everywhere. I think Leclerc bins it in quali. I'm going to have to predict it. I'm trying to be interesting. I'm going to say Leclerc crashes in quali. You know what? Max Verstappen. Lewis Hamilton. George Russell. I'm I'm praying this is a good week for Mercedes. They're never good in quality, but you know what? I've just got to assume. I've, I've got to go for it. The race top three. I want to say Lewis wins. I really want to say Lewis wins. I'm hoping he wins. Why am I doing this to myself? Max Verstappen. Lewis Hamilton. Carlos Science. No, we'll say Charles gets back in there. Driver of the day. It's just going to be Max, isn't it, if he wins. DNFs. Do I want to go for a lot? I'm going to say everyone's going to be quite well behaved. We'll go with three. I think three is a good one. All right, honestly, I can't wait for Singapore. I love Singapore. Uh, just a great race, to be honest. If I could afford to go, I fully would. Uh, so if you can, definitely do it. Finish there. Um, I guess that's all. Thank you very much for listening. As always, please uh, like, comment, all, all the rest of that stuff. Share the video around with your mates. Um, I mean, there's a couple. I think there's two weeks before the next race. If I can think of a topic, then I'll I'll film something. I I doubt I will, but I will be back at university by the time uh, the next one comes out. So, I've busy couple of weeks. We'll see. I'm not going to promise anything. I, I doubt I'm going to do anything, to be honest. So, I will see you most likely for the review of the Singapore Grand Prix, where Max Verstappen might be crowned champion. <laughs>